Thank you, Graham. Morning, everyone. Nice to see you all. So, yeah, as Graham said, this kind of topic this morning is one that I've personally uh, walked with and journeyed with since I became a Christian, and one that I'm just personally really passionate about. Uh, those of you who have been with us a while, you've probably heard me actually speak on it before, because uh, I kind of put my name down whenever this topic comes up, because I love it. Uh, and it's a concept centred around joy. Specifically, how joy relates to the kingdom of God. And maybe you're thinking, joy, really? In the midst of all that's going on in the world, all that's going on in Turkey and Syria, in the midst of the war that's still going on in Ukraine, in the midst of the cost of living crisis and all our various personal circumstances, the last thing I want to think about is joy. Maybe you're thinking that your life is anything but joyful right now. Maybe your health is struggling. Maybe you're finding the increase in your heating or rent bills really challenging. Maybe you feel like you've just had enough. Joy? Really? I do want to recognise that although there may be some challenging stuff in what I'm going to say this morning, this isn't a talk where I'm going to tell you to be happy even when life is tough. It's not about being positive and ignoring your circumstances. This isn't what scripture tells us. Joy isn't about ignoring what is going on around us. Joy is often, and incorrectly I'd say, thought of as a fleeting emotion or temporary happiness. But joy, true biblical joy I would say, is something that transcends our circumstances and lasts forever. You can find life really challenging, and many of us do, and genuinely speaking, most of us have had seasons or will have seasons that in our lives are difficult, and yet still be full of joy. It doesn't take away our tears or the pain, but it helps set our hearts on something, something greater. And for those of us who have missed maybe the last few weeks, uh, maybe you're visiting this morning or uh, haven't caught up potentially on, on this series, we're currently working our way through a series looking at the kingdom of God. And so I just thought I'd recap slightly. Uh, the kingdom of God refers to the rule and reign of God over all things. In Jesus' teaching, the kingdom of God is often described as a present reality that is experienced by those who have faith in him, as well as a future reality that will be fully realised when Christ returns. Present and future. And in the Gospel of Luke, uh, in chapter 17, Jesus says the kingdom of God can't be detected by visible signs. You won't be able to say, here it is, or it's over there. For the kingdom of God is already among you. Jesus also explained that the kingdom was starting small, like a seed. Jesus' miracles were like tiny green shoots, kind of shooting up from a seed, poking up through the soil. These shoots would grow bigger and bigger and bigger until finally the day would come when the kingdom of God would be everywhere, when the whole world would be made new again, the way God had always 
wanted it to be and always planned for it to be. Like how it was created before Adam and Eve sinned. The kingdom of God is often described as well in terms of its characteristics, such as joy, as we are looking at today. In the kingdom of God, joy is a fruit of the spirit and a characteristic of those who have experienced salvation through faith in Jesus. This is because when we have a relationship with God and have accepted Jesus as our Lord and our Saviour, we have access to a joy that is beyond anything this world has to offer. As we come under the rule and reign of God, his spirit fills us and gives us joy. The Bible says in Colossians chapter 1, verse 13 to 14, for he has rescued us from the kingdom of darkness and transferred us into the kingdom of his dear son who purchased our freedom and forgave our sins. We aren't in the kingdom of darkness. As Christians, we are under his rule and reign, his kingdom, experiencing those green shoots as they grow up, as he continues to bring transformation to this world as we wait for his coming return. So in Romans chapter 14, verse 17, we get this connection between joy and the kingdom. It says, for the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating and drinking, but of righteousness, peace, and joy in the Holy Spirit. These are some of the characteristics that come with the kingdom of God. The biblical expectation is that God is going to bring heaven back to earth. God's presence is going to be fully restored on earth. When Christ came, we also had the arrival of God's kingdom, as I've said. It's, it's like the down payment on what will be accomplished at Christ's second coming, which will be the return of heaven to earth. So this morning, we're going to really try and grasp hold of joy, where it comes from, comes from the fruit of the Spirit, how that affects our lives. And I want to say to see what that can look like now. What does that mean for us now today? Here on this earth, part of his kingdom. To do that, we firstly have to look to eternity and see life now through that lens. Since after all, that is the whole point. That's our destination. So firstly, the joy of eternity. Uh, and when I spoke probably four or five years ago, I used an illustration. Most of you won't remember it or you weren't here, so I'm going to do it again. Uh, and let me grab it. It's a rope. It's not that exciting. A long rope. So I, I actually nicked this from a preacher and author called Francis Chan, so you may have seen it from him as well. So imagine this rope. It goes on forever. Eternity. It represents a timeline of your life. This little blue bit, this represents your time on earth. The stuff that we actually think about when we talk about life. From our birth, to going to school, to working life, to retirement, into our older age, to death. We're working for the majority of this bit, Potentially, saving as much money as we possibly can for this little tiny bit. <laughs> the thing is, the rest of this rope never ends. It goes on and on. Eternity with our Father isn't 
just this bit. It's all of this. It goes on and on. Uh, our kids wrote a song in Treehouse uh, last week, which if any of you got parents in Treehouse and they came home singing that song, it goes on and on and on. <laughs> Thank you, Lucy. <laughs> but probably the most famous passage in the Bible, John 3.16, says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. At Christmas, we focus on the coming of Jesus, and every year we're reminded how awesome and amazing that is. But we sometimes end up stopping at him coming and forget the rest. Forget that the reason he came was to give life. He wants us to have a full, joy-filled life forever, not just the bit we think about when we talk about life. For all of eternity. Jesus' aim has always been eternal focused, to restore life and relationship with his father forever, not for the few very short years we get to spend on this earth as we know it. Life was never meant to be 80 years or so long. Death wasn't ever the plan. Eternity with him was the plan. As Christians, if we actually stop for a minute, take a second away from the busyness and the challenges of life right now, remember that through Jesus, because of him, we get eternal life. Eternal life with our loving, gracious, generous Father. Our perspectives change. And we hopefully start to grasp something of true unending joy. We need to remember the rest of the rope because it's not just about that little bit. I think we just so often forget, and I speak to myself as well, the goodness and joy of eternal life because it's just really quite hard to grasp. What does it really look like? Do we really mean forever? And ever? Isn't that a bit crazy? It kind of just doesn't make sense when life right now is so focused on making the most of every minute. The idea that there really is more than this is hard. Scripture doesn't fully explain it. Our only real understanding of life is what we know of this life. And so we try and explain eternity by comparing it to now, which, to be honest, just doesn't work. I once heard eternity described like this. If a little bird carried every grain of sand, grain by grain, across the ocean, by the time he got each individual grain to the other side, that would only be the beginning of eternity. There is no end. It's as simple as that. And it's a beautiful, amazing, life-transforming realisation. Eternal life will last forever and ever. I'm going to keep saying it because it's amazing. And even grasping a tiny understanding of what John 3.16 is really getting at 
when it comes to eternal life would give us so much joy. It's a verse we've heard many times, the verse used over the years to help people understand what life with Jesus looks like. But I don't think as Christians we get it. God is life, has existed for eternity, and he's the giver of life. And eternal life comes from him. Because of that, we can say it's supernatural, which helps a bit because it's not something we have by nature. It's, it's given to us as a gift through Jesus. And as a supernatural act above what we can manufacture or imagine or create ourselves, obviously, no one, no matter how hard we try, can suddenly make eternal life happen. Eternal life is not just an extension of our current life here today. It's a divine, everlasting life in Christ, which he gives us. John 14, verse 6 says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus has made a way for us to have eternal life. And he has welcomed us, each of us, to accept it just by simply turning from our mess, believing in him, and following him. If this morning you don't know Jesus, you haven't decided to follow him, today is as good as day as any. He calls us to come to him. And I'd love you, all of us, to know the joy of knowing him this morning. And for you to know you have eternity with him. Think about it. Ask him to reveal more of himself to you. Later on in John, in chapter 15, he says, I have told you this so that my joy may be in you. I've told you this so my joy may be in you and that your joy may be complete. Here Jesus teaches us that his joy can be our joy. It comes from the Holy Spirit, doesn't it? It can be ours, it can be complete. The NLT version of the Bible actually puts it this way. I have told you these things so that you may filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. This complete, overflowing joy that comes from the Holy Spirit and is the joy that Paul speaks of when we looked earlier at Romans 14. For the kingdom of God is not a matter of eating or drinking, but righteousness, peace and joy in the Holy Spirit. It's the same joy. This is God at work. He is doing this all over the world, every day. Eternal life is this union with Christ. If we have Christ, we have his life now. And his life is eternal. It's so much greater and better than what we can imagine. John 17, Jesus actually defined eternal life like this. He was praying to his Father in heaven and said, and this is the way to have eternal life, to know you, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, the one you sent to earth. Eternal life is personal, an intimate knowing of God. It's not like a holiday against the disease of death. It's a conscious, joy-filled experience of knowing and relating to God. Eternity exists because it will take that long 
for us to know the inexhaustible glories of God. Eternity is not going to be boring. It's going to be the fullness of life with God. And this should give us great joy. It's not going to be boring. Jonathan Edwards, the theologian from the 1700s, wrote, The fountain that that supplies the joy and delight which the soul has in seeing God is infinite. It takes its flight into the endless expanse of glory and dives into a bottomless ocean. It may discover more and more of the beauty and loveliness of God, but it will never exhaust the fountain. The fountain is never going to be empty, and it is the supply of an ending joy as we delight in seeing and being with our Father. Have you started to grasp it? Even a little bit more this morning. How totally awesome it is. Do you feel the sense of joy in being reminded of that? You might be thinking, Dan, have you, you've just gone on about eternity. I thought you were supposed to be talking about joy, but hopefully the truth is, and hopefully you've seen, the two are so linked together without understanding and being reminded of that concept. We, we try and put other things in to feel joyful about. Coming before our Father, coming closer to him, being reminded of what he has done, how he's rescued us, how he's saved us for eternity, helps lift our eyes up to the source of our joy, to the one who pours out his joy upon us to the point of overflowing. And from that place, we can come back and look at the impact that our lives, as we know it, this little bit, uh, have every day. In life on this earth, remembering the rest of the rope, remembering that there is so much more to come, changes our perspectives. It doesn't make the now less challenging, but it will give us an eternal perspective, which will change our short-term mindsets to a longer-term one, and it will help us make even more, even more of this small but significant part of our life. So secondly, this morning, how do we live in the joy of now? Tim Keller, an author and church leader, puts it this way, while other worldviews lead us to sit in the midst of life joys, foreseeing the coming sorrows, Christianity empowers us to sit in the midst of the world's sorrows, tasting the coming joy. Are we tasting that this morning? In desperate situations, in severe suffering, we can welcome God, recognize him, enjoy his goodness because of the joy given by his spirit to us. It's a hugely releasing truth. For those of us who know Jesus this morning, we have the joy of his spirit within us. It enables us to face the battles and the challenges of life, knowing the awesome joy of Jesus. It doesn't change our circumstances. I'm not saying your pain, your sadness, your heartache goes. To be honest, it doesn't. 
And we shouldn't mask or hide those feelings either. But knowing Jesus enables us to taste, to see more, to really start to understand the joy of knowing him. It won't solve all our family situations, but knowing him, tasting him, gives us some solid ground to stand on in the midst of everything. If we know Jesus, we love him and follow him, want more of him, then we have the Holy Spirit at work in us, outworking joy in our lives. Do we stop, acknowledge, recognize that? As Christians, therefore, our attitude should be one of joy. But it's not as simple as that. Why do we constantly find that hard? Similarly to the question I asked earlier about eternity, why, why are these concepts hard to grasp? The message that we should be full of joy is a challenge, but we just don't always feel it. We might know we should or could, but we don't. In those difficult, challenging seasons, do we really know what it feels like to be so full of joy that it keeps us focused on Jesus? It's not easy. Many of you walked through some of mine and Tamsin's uh, kind of most challenging years uh, when our youngest daughter, Izzy, was, bo- was born. Uh, and I'm probably going to get emotional, which I said to Tamsin, she was like, oh, it's fine. <laughs> I don't get emotional very often. But... Uh, <laughs> always happens at this point. And so for those of you who aren't aware, when Izzy was born, uh, she was taken away pretty quickly. She spent the next couple of months on the neonatal ward in hospital, followed by much of her first year of life. Uh, Like many parents, we'd already agreed on what her name was going to be before she was born. But for some reason, we had decided to wait until she was born to finalise her middle name. I think that was Tamsin's kind of more spontaneous side taking over my rather planned and structured nature. But, and I asked Tamsin regularly during those first few days, even in this midst of kind of this challenge, what she wanted Izzy's middle name to be. But every time she burst into tears. Everything was pretty overwhelming. So to some extent, it wasn't too surprising. But equally, I knew she had an answer. It was on her lips but she was struggling to say it. And Tamsin eventually managed to say that her middle name should be Joy. She was recognising that even in the midst of so much uncertainty for us, and so much challenge, that our joy in the Lord and his goodness gave us eternal hope, eternal hope filled with joy. She wanted to speak the joy of the Lord over Izzy believing that she would be a conduit of his joy, of this joy, to those around her throughout her life. And thankfully, the next few years, and where we are now, the kind of most of those extreme, ex- extremely challenging situations are over for us and behind us. But it's so helpful to stop and look back and see how God was with us during our pain, even in circumstances and situations that were difficult. Being able to recognise that the pain and suffering and what we walked through isn't how God planned this world. That one day when Christ returns, there will be no more pain and suffering. That reality continues, that reality continues to fill me with such a sense of joy. And it helps me, helps us keep focused and centred on him. 
when we know that our trials are temporary and that we will eventually be with our God for all eternity, it gives us strength to endure and to find joy even in the midst of pain. It's still hard. I know we don't always get it right. I've certainly had moments of screaming out to God and not really feeling an ounce of joy. But I think for me, one of the greatest realizations is that we have access to his joy. And to see this helps set the context, doesn't it? One of the hardest passages in scripture, I think, around this is James chapter one, where it says, consider it pure joy, my brothers and sisters, whenever you face trials of many kinds, because you know that the testing of your faith produces perseverance. It's a tough passage. Getting to a place of maybe thinking, okay, life is tough, but I can see God, and therefore I've got joy is one thing. But here in James, we are told to consider it pure joy. Pure joy. Remember, joy is a gift. It's a fruit of the Spirit. So knowing him more, seeking him more, asking the Spirit to increase your joy is the only way forward. It's his fruit being produced through us. We can't suddenly make ourselves have more joy. And then in Philippians 4, another well-known verse around joy, it says, rejoice in the Lord always. I say it again, rejoice. Be full of joy always in everything, whatever you are doing. Always rejoice in the Lord. It's repeated, it's no accident. The important thing to know here is that Paul was locked up in a prison. Not one of the prisons that we might know. It was basically a hole in the ground full of rats. You only got fed when your friends brought you food. And from those conditions, Paul was telling a bunch of his disciples in Philippi to rejoice in the Lord always. He was not in a happy place. He would not have been enjoying life sat in that hole. His circumstances would have led him to be anything but happy, yet he was rejoicing. It doesn't make sense in our worldly eyes. Paul was pointing us to the source where joy can be found, in the Lord. In those challenging times, we can find joy in the Lord. Running to him, focusing on him, that is where joy is found. We can't just wake up and say, I'm going to be joyful today. It comes from the Spirit. It's a gift as we draw close to him. The coming of Jesus awakens joy in us. And in him we are given truer, better, more beautiful desires. After we, as we seek him, as we reach for him, as we lean into him, anticipate him, that is where our joy comes from. Joy is about being part of something incredible, the kingdom of God, the kingdom that we get to be a part of right now on this earth. We get to see what God is doing right now, play our part in worshipping, serving, glorifying him. There is so much that he is doing. And as we've talked about, there are challenges in many of our lives, 
We are still part of this broken world. But God is at work. And there is so, so much more to come. Heaven is coming to earth. Life in all its glory will be restored. Just as I finish off, I want to go a step further. I want to say that the whole point of this gift of joy isn't actually about ourselves or feeling good. Don't get me wrong, scripture is pretty clear that we should have joy. But the power of joy flowing through us as a sign of our faith and a witness to the world, this is even more important. I read earlier from John 15, 11, didn't I? I said, I have told you these things so that you will be filled with my joy. Yes, your joy will overflow. When people see that you have a deep and lasting joy, even in the face of adversity, it can be a powerful witness. It is a powerful witness of the transformative power of the gospel. When people see the hope and the peace that comes from a relationship with God, it can lead them to consider the possibility of experiencing that transformation in their own lives. We want others to know that same joy that comes from knowing him, don't we? We want others to know it. We want others to see eternity like we're seeing a bit of this morning. Do you let your joy overflow? Can others see it? Are you inviting others to be part of it? So I encourage you to remember the rope. What lies ahead of us? And let our perspectives be shifted. So can we let our lives be full of joy now because of the joy of eternity? So this morning I want us to stop. I want us to create some space. I want us to bow before Jesus to remind ourselves of the joy of knowing him. God wants to use us. We know God has great plans for our communities and the cities around us. We are called to live differently and let the joy of God fill us and overflow from us. So let me pray, then we'll respond together. Father God, we thank you. We thank you that you call us into eternity with you. Lord, may we experience the deep joy that comes from knowing you and living for you. Lord, by your spirit, give us joy this morning, Lord. Draw our eyes to you. Lord, may our lives be a reflection of your joy. Lord, may others be drawn to you through our example. Lord, and for those of us who are currently walking through difficult seasons and circumstances, Lord, We pray for your peace. Lord, we pray, will your joy of all that you have for us fill us? 
Lord, give us a solid ground to stand on in the midst of this world's challenges. Draw us closer to yourself, Lord, this morning. Amen.